0: Area 51, a military installation in the remote area of Groom Lake, Nevada, conjures up an aura of secrecy, conspiracy, mystery, and of course, everything related to extraterrestrials. It was first acquired by the military in 1955 and covers 2.9 million acres with 5,000 square miles of restricted airspace. The U.S. government did not officially acknowledge its existence until 2013. It is now part of the Nevada Test and Training Range, or the NTTR and is the largest combined air and ground space for peacetime military operations in the world. It remains heavily guarded and patrolled as well as under surveillance 24-7. The closest legal vantage point is said to be 26 miles away, which just encourages more conspiracies. If they are just conspiracies, why did the US military allocate a special task force to accommodate them? In 1958, Robert Friend, an Air Force major, was assigned to Director of Aerial Phenomenon Division or Project Blue Book at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. He was tasked with investigating unidentified flying objects. On July 6, 1959, Colonel Friend was called upon by Navy intelligence to help assist with what has been called the AFA affair. These intelligence officers had gone to South Berwick, Maine to investigate a woman, Mrs. Swan, who claimed to be in contact with extraterrestrials. The officers who had met with Ms. Swan claimed that she had entered into a trance and began to scribble out circles mixed with legible letters. They asked her a series of questions to which answers appeared in the scribbling. She was asked questions to which answers she would have no knowledge of, and she wrote down things that far surpassed her education level, like that in the area of technology and astronomy. She informed the officers that she was truly just a communication level for these alien elements that were from Uranus— part of an organization set up to patrol planets, and it called itself AFA. AFA said they would extend the same communication link with someone else, so one of the naval officers volunteered. He, too, sat, went into trance, and began communicating. He was brought back to Washington to provide the same communication in front of several people in the intelligence community. The other officers asked this naval officer that they be given a sign that this is really happening. They were told to go to the window and look out only to see a spacecraft. Colonel Friend was not there to witness this, but he was told about the object, and in the report it said they rushed to call the defense people in Washington to see if anything had been picked up on the radar through that sector. The defense people said they didn't know what went wrong, but that sector was blacked out from them during that episode. The story was later altered by a CIA agent in a report to dismiss the U.S. UFO sighting altogether and the naval officer that was communicating with AFA was transferred. Colonel Fred had gotten to witness this officer in trance and also spoke to the naval officer's boss, who swore by him and said he was not only the best officer, but also an honest man. Colonel Fred led, led many investigations as head of Project Blue Book. Despite the Air Force's 12,000-plus reports of unidentified objects, Project Blue Book was shut down in 1969. The project's conclusion was that UFOs pose no security threat to our nation, nor did they display any technological abilities outside of our own. Colonel Fred did not agree with this and tried to push for further scientific investigation and more allocation of funds to do so, but he was unsuccessful in his efforts. He is alive today at 99 and is the oldest original Tuskegee Airman alive. As for Ms. Swan, she continued to work closely with U.S. intelligence for more than 20 years. She developed a deeper connection with AFA and started channeling instead of just automatic writing. Unfortunately, as humans and psychologists would agree, we tend to have our causal beliefs influence our interpretation of what we see. So if we didn't see it, by which I mean we have never seen anything like it in our lives to have an established belief for it, then it didn't happen. So what exactly are we looking for then? In such a vast universe with a multitude of galaxies and a potential for a multiverse, I think it would be safe to assume we are not the only beings in existence. It is said that one needs to expand their consciousness to even perceive these beings. How does one expand one's consciousness? By going deeply inward. So essentially, by becoming aware of ourselves, we then become aware of others. As Carl Sagan said, in the deepest sense, the search for extraterrestrial life is a search for ourselves. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Verbal Channel, spiritual teacher, and sound healer, Daniel Scranton, on my show. He will share his spiritual journey and his wisdom of the Octurian Council, the creators, and other beings whom he channels. Plus, we will open up the phone lines later so he can assist you with light language or channeling. So stick around after this quick break. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post procedure sensitivities? No problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Estera skincare mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's e s t h e r a care.com.
1: Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast on Podcast One, Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. Today I have the pleasure of having verbal channel, spiritual teacher, and sound healer, Daniel Scranton on my show. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Daniel.
2: It's my pleasure to be here. (laughs) And where are you joining us from? I live on Maui and specifically on the heart chakra, which is Mount Haleakala. I'm 3,100 feet up on that mountain.
0: Wow. Well, that's terrific. It must be beautiful.
2: (laughs) It's gorgeous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, tell us about the first time you started channeling.
2: Well, it was something that happened kind of gradually during the course of the year 2010, where at first I started to experience involuntary movement of my body during Reiki sessions where I was giving other people Reiki, and then my head would move like an infinity symbol, and then my lips started moving, and once my lips started moving, I thought, oh, maybe I'll become a channel because I was very familiar with channeling. I uh, had been reading channeled material and listening to it for, gosh, several years, maybe seven years by the time this happened. And I was very into the Abraham Hicks community. I would travel around and go on their cruises and go to as many workshops as I could. And so all that time, I never thought of myself as uh, having that ability.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, in in two thousand and ten, there weren't as many people known about who channel as there are now. Why so it is? wasn't a common thing uh, back then to for people to channel. And so when it started happening to me, I was kind of blown away. <laughs> yeah. And so that happened in January. All that started in January. And then in March, I had an episode (laughs) where I woke up from this dream. And in the dream, I, I just said to this other guy, I understand now about the other beings. And then after waking up, I started to feel energy moving through my body from my head down to my feet and it was the greatest feeling of ecstasy I've ever known uh, before or since that experience. I, I've never had anything come close to that in terms of feeling that good in my body. And it was, um, you know, it was practically lifting me off the bed. Wow. So I just lay there and, and said, oh, my God, for a while. And then I said, uh, more, please. I started asking <laughs> for more. And uh-huh. then I... And then I thought, what does this have to do with that dream? And then I thought, what does this have to do with aliens? Mm. And as soon as I thought the word aliens, I got a huge surge of this energy. So then I started just saying it over and over. And then eventually um, I started talking to them, asking questions. If the answer was yes, they would give me a surge of energy through my body. If it was no, I would not receive anything. And then eventually I, I wondered if I could see them in the room because I had my eyes closed the whole time. So I opened my eyes and as soon as I opened my eyes, it started happening all over again, like the same intensity as when it started, but I didn't see anything in the room. So I don't know how long that went on for because I wasn't, I don't even think I had a clock by my bed back then. Mm -hmm. And um, I just got up and you know, decided from that day forward that I would be um, dedicating myself even more to my meditation. So I'd already been uh, a chronic meditator, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least once a day uh, for ten years at that time. Okay. Um, but I, I wanted to do more. I wanted to feel more. So at this at this point, I'm not even thinking about channeling as much as I am about wanting to connect with ETs, wanting to feel this energy again
3: mm-hmm.
2: and wanting to heal my body. Cause I had some Ascension symptoms that I didn't know at, uh, at that time were Ascension symptoms. And, um, so I was just curious uh, about how much I, of this I could feel. And I got to the point where I could give myself goosebumps um, full body goosebumps at any time. And, you know, I could sort of replicate, uh, about, you know, 1% of it right. <laughs> just by focusing and, and realizing that nothing, you know, nothing had to happen other than me focusing and, and breathing. And, and then, uh, around, well, in October of that year, you know, I had gone, I would sometimes go really deep into meditation and I'd feel these dry heaves. I'd feel my body convulsing like it, like I was going to throw up, but, but didn't feel nauseous or anything. It was just like what you, what you go through when you're throwing up and there's nothing left to come out.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's, that's kind of like what it was like. So I thought this is a sign that something wants to come up and out of me just like mm. when my lips were moving i thought oh this is like verbal channeling so then i i'm at an abraham hicks workshop and i and i'm going th- and i'm tuning into the energy of abraham like i like i would and it, all of a sudden my body starts doing this convulsing so i stop it you know i i have con- do have control even though i say like my body moves involuntarily I can always stop it from doing what it's doing, Mm -hmm. but I don't start it um, consciously. So then I asked Abraham the next day. So that happened on day one of the workshop. Day two, I got called on. I asked about what's going on with me. They said, yeah, this is something that you're in the process of becoming this channel that you want to become now. Mm -hmm. And you just have to keep working on it and work through your resistance to it. So I had never thought about having resistance to it. But I think we all, to a certain extent, have resistance to our power and to speaking up and speaking our truth. And Mm -hmm. so I sat with someone four four days a week uh, for an hour at a time, and I told her, get ready with your questions and, you know, we'll see what happens. And I would just kind of like my whole body would move around and I'd feel all this energy, but nothing was coming out. And then eventually the group that I now refer to as the creators Mm -hmm. and they refer to themselves that way too, they've, they've taken on that name. Um, They came through me and they said, we are here for you. And then I've been channeling them ever since.
0: And are they also ETs?
2: No, they're non-physical. They're oh, 12th okay. dimensional. Once you get up to the ninth dimension, there's no more physicality. Um, all the beings up there operate as councils and collectives because there's no sense of separation like we have here. Mm-hmm. Because we have physical bodies that give us a, a beginning and an end to okay. you know our sense of self. But they don't have that.
0: Why do you think you were ascended to the creators after channeling these ET beings?
2: oh gosh why the creators um i have no idea uh i think i i just must have uh, some kind of history where this is something i've done before in past lives Mm
0: -hmm. okay
2: and so it was something that was easier for me to do some people find it easier to channel than others some work at it for years. And uh, I recently had a client um, after years of wanting to channel now she is channeling so um, I don't know why I, I've been so blessed in my life, honestly.
0: <laughs> well, I want to I want to touch back into your channeling and how you do it and all of that, but we are going to have to take a quick break. Yes. And remember, this is a live show, so if you would like to ask Daniel anything about channeling or light language, then feel free to call one eight 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 two nine eight K K N W or 425-373-5527 after this quick break.
1: At Madsen Medical Spa, our goal is a healthy, beautiful you. We're a full-service medical spa, but our focus is educating people on maintaining health and wellness. We're excited to announce a new addition to our menu, new Tropic Popular Beverage. This magical drink formulation alleviates unnecessary snacking while keeping you focused and alert throughout your day. It satisfies your hunger, renews your energy, enhances your mood, diminishes aches and pains. Essentially, it makes you happy. And who doesn't want to be happy? Patients have already been raving about Nootropic Popular Beverage. They've elevated their mood while losing inches in the process. It's safe, natural, fast, and effective. Drink happy, feel happy. Nootropic Popular Beverage, happiness in a cup. Available at happytoelevate.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-T-O-E-L-E-V-A-T-E.com, Or call 206-234-9188. Warning, you may feel happy
4: hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep sustainable life changes let sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind rid yourself of negative behaviors fears pains and emotions weight loss smoking childhood drama chronic pain and much more can be addressed begin healing now just 100 dollars for the first session learn more sakura skin s-a-k-u-r-a skin and mind Dot .com Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had Hey everyone, I'm Haley and I'm Megan and we host Sage Sisters Podcast. We're former sorority bitches who have turned into wellness witches. Behind us are the days of college parties, Seattle bar hopping, and random happy hours. Now we're seeking the secrets of true wellness and self-care. Every Friday, we release new episodes chronicling our exploration of alternative energy healing modalities, spiritual wellness, and intuitive development. You can find us by searching Sage Sisters wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can download and subscribe to our episodes on iTunes and Spotify. We've both found incredible healing through multiple forms of energy work and want to spread the love. So look up Sage Sisters podcast and join in on your own spiritual wellness exploration. Download and subscribe to Sage Sisters podcast. And if you like, throw us a rating and review on iTunes. And don't forget, go sage yourself.
1: Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a 1-2-3 punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, SkinAndMind.com. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget to tune right here on KKNW every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. for more Love from the Hip. Today, I have the pleasure of having verbal channel, spiritual teacher, and sound healer, Daniel Scranton, on my show, and remember, if you have a question for Daniel about light language or channeling, you can call one 298 kknw or 425-373-5527. So Daniel, before the break, you were talking about that essentially maybe you had a past life in channeling. Is that correct?
2: I'm sure I did. I haven't actually examined all of my past lives mm-hmm. and gone through them with the uh, beings I channel, but I... I know that I've been in other parts of the galaxy and other dimensions and I think we all have way more past lives here on earth than we realize because I think science will tell you that there's been life human sentient life on this planet for, you know, a few hundred thousand years but I think it's way longer than that and I think the average person probably has around six or 700 lifetimes Hmm. here on earth. And yeah, when, you know, when you look at someone like Mozart and you say, well, how could he play the piano like that Mm -hmm. at five or six years old? The only thing that really makes sense is that he had already mastered that. And he came in knowing that that's something he was going to do in this lifetime. And the same thing goes with our fears. You know, I, when I was a kid, I had this crazy fear that my house was going to burn down. It was it was intense. It was like if I heard sirens, mm-hmm. while I was sitting in a classroom in school. I would think, "Oh, that's my house." You know. So when you have these irrational fears, you know, people will often say that in a session where I'm channeling for them. And they'll get that information about a past life where they drown. They'll say, yep, I've always been afraid of drowning, you know, so.
0: Yeah. So how does it work then? Because you're also saying now that we have past lives on other places other than Earth. So are we set up to heal that too? And why should we heal those past lives?
2: Well, those past lives are significant because we are much more... Uh, multifaceted, multidimensional than we originally think of when we think of ourselves when we're born into these bodies and in this lifetime and we think, well, this is who I am and I have these parents and then I die in 80-something years. And it's basically about awakening more aspects of who we are. So as we think of ourselves as more than just the human being that we present as in this lifetime, that's helpful to get to know ourselves as <clears throat> our true selves, which mm. is source energy,
0: Okay.
2: which is all things. So when you realize, oh yes, I've been Pleiadian, I've been Arcturian, I've been Syrian, I've been even an angel. So as you come down from source, you don't, you don't just go from being source energy to splintering off into an individuated consciousness and then coming down to earth in the 20th century Mm -hmm. or 21st now, but most of us are born (laughs) in the 20th. Um, You, you have to go down through each dimension before you start incarnating in a dense physical body. So, do you so believe one I'm, of those dimensions contains angels. So we've okay. known ourselves as angels. We've known ourselves as a being that is referred to as the Oversoul being,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the, we each have Oversouls that exist in the tenth or eleventh dimension, and sort of are the hub for all of our lifetimes, all of our experiences in all dimensions, mm-hmm. and they. All that information of what we're living goes back to the oversoul and gets sent out to all the different incarnations of us.
0: So, do you believe then that we all come from other galaxies? We're all starseeds? That's the terminology, right? Starseed?
2: Yes. And I do. And I don't believe it. it, It's a a lot of people will say, well, I'm a starseed as if that's unique. But I don't really think it is. I think, and I also don't think that. We need to pigeonhole ourselves and say, well, I'm Pleiadian, I'm Syrian, I'm Arcturian. Yeah. You probably are just identifying with the essence of that star system at this particular point in your life. And that's why that connection feels more significant to you than your connection to Cassiopeia or Antares or Alpha Centauri or any of these other star systems that we have.
0: Mm-hmm. And how many different and, star systems do you believe there are?
2: Well, I I've honestly don't know. I know that there's there's ones that are more significant uh, in this galaxy. You know, we mm-hmm. hear a lot of people channeling Pleiadians, for example. So you know that there's a big connection between humanity and Pleiadians. In fact, a lot of them look like us. And I think they're, they're, Walking amongst us, there's a reason why the people in Sweden, Norway, Finland, the the Scandinavian countries, mm-hmm. there's a reason why they have that look that they have tall, thin, light skin, blonde hair, blue eyes for the most part. And it's because there are Pleiadian beings that look like that and they came down at some point and they started procreating with humans and creating that particular look on earth. And not only that, but then those people carry that high frequency energy. So they're more likely to uh, be peaceful and loving and kind. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you go to those countries, I think you probably feel that coming off of the people.
0: Okay. So is there a common purpose or a desired goal for all of these
2: beings? No, there are as many different purposes as there are that humans hold. So if you think about if you said, well, what's the, the general purpose of the average human? That would be hard to define um, because there are so many of us and we're so diverse. And I think a lot of that diversity comes from the fact that we are made up of different et uh, dna so we're not all just from here we didn't just evolve from the primordial ooze and crawl out of the oceans you know we had help and we've been genetically engineered by ets and they've had their own agendas and it's created this enormous diversity that we have on earth not only in the human race, but if you look at all the different plants and animals here, I think our planet is unique in the galaxy, in that it was always meant to hold a lot of different energies from different beings and different star systems, and to be that sort of uh, melting pot for the galaxy and possibly even the universe.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, I hate to interrupt you, but we're going to have to take another quick break. Sure. And remember, this is a live show, so if you would like to ask Daniel anything about channeling or light language, feel free to call one 298 kknw or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. On this weekly Skinny, I would like to talk about syringomas. Syringomas are benign tumors that are typically found in the upper cheeks or lower eyelids. They can also occur on the chest, stomach, armpits, scalp, and genitals. These are harmless growths that result from overactive sweat glands. They have a very similar appearance to milia and are white, yellow, or flesh-colored bumps that are 1 to 3 millimeters wide. They are much deeper than milia and tend to form in clusters symmetrically on both sides of the face. They can be permanent or stubbornly recurrent. Syringomas most commonly develop in early adulthood, ages 25 to 40. They can also be a side effect of several different medical conditions, including diabetes and Down syndrome. Once seringomas are diagnosed, there's usually no reason to treat them because they tend to be harmless. Sometimes, however, seringomas can cause extreme pain or itchiness, especially when sweating. In rare cases, seringomas can also develop close to very sensitive tissues and can increase the risk of irritation and also injury. There are different types of surgery used to remove seringomas, including laser surgery, electrosurgery, cryotherapy, dermabrasion, chemical peels, and surgical excision. But again, surgery is not a cure-all. Seringomas can come back. A doctor may first prescribe a topical vitamin A or recommend chemical exfoliants like a glycolic wash in lieu of surgery to decrease the chances of scarring, tissue damage and infection. There are some steps one can take to prevent seringomas like wearing sunscreen, using topical antioxidants and cleansing with a clinical grade cleanser that is formulated at an acidic level. Some doctors actually recommend reducing or limiting sweat gland activity, but that just seems like that would just cause other more serious issues than seringomas. If you have a new skin growth, it is always important to get it checked out by your dermatologist to make sure it isn't something more serious than a seringoma.
5: of treatment and a pound of protection call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com
1: find our app in the apple app store or google play store and take us with you wherever you go alternative talk am 1150
0: welcome back to Left from the hip i'm spiritual hypnotherapist master esthetician and your host sakura setter and feel free to email me at sakura at left from the hip.com with your comments your criticisms your questions and well wishes let me know how i am doing. Today, I have the pleasure of having verbal channel, spiritual teacher, and sound healer, Daniel Scranton on my show. And remember, if you have a question for Daniel about light language or channeling, feel free to call one 298 kknw or 425-373-5527. So Daniel, you've been channeling for about nine years now?
2: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Okay. So as one of the things that you help your clients with, do you assist them with connecting to their ET
2: roots? I When I go into the channeling state, it's basically up to the person what they want to talk about so because I channel a group now called the Arcturian Council I do get a lot more people who are interested in their origins and their roots in the galaxy but you know a lot of people want to talk about their everyday issues with their relationships their work money health, all that sort of stuff. So anything goes when I'm channeling for someone.
0: Hmm, Okay. And then you just bring in whichever being is relevant?
2: Or whichever one they choose. So someone might say, well, I feel a great connection to Pleiadians. So will you channel your Pleiadian high council for me? And I'll say, sure. Okay. (laughs) Awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, Daniel, we have a caller. We have Kathy from Kirkland. Kathy, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Thanks for calling in today.
3: Thank
0: you. What's your question for Daniel? So my question for him is,
3: how is he sure of uh, the group he's talking to when he's channeling? How does he identify them?
0: Are you asking how he can be sure who he's talking to when he's channeling?
3: He, uh, he can identify the group, like if it's the Palladians or the... How can he identify
0: uh, which group he's talking to?
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Daniel?
2: Now, well, that first initial contact with the creators, they did not have a name. They have no star system affiliation. They were not known on the earth as a particular group. Now, if I was channeling Yeshua or Archangel Michael, then, yeah, everybody knows who who they are. But with the creators, they, they actually asked me to give them a name which it took me a long time to download the right name for them. It took me like a year and a half before I got that name. And then I got oh. confirmation that it was that it was the right name. But nowadays I'll channel a group like the Pleiadians, and they'll just come right in and say, we are the Pleiadian High Council of Seven.
0: So they state who they are?
2: Most of the time. Now, it's been a long time. It's been years since... I've said, okay, I'm just open to channel whoever. So a couple of times I've done that and I've gotten a group called the Hathors. I got a group called the Founders who I only heard of through one other channel before. Um, I've channeled a group of ETs called the mm-hmm. um, that starts with a Q, Quantians. And that was another one of those times where I was just open to channeling whoever wants to come through. But I always know by what they say and by how they feel that they're benevolent beings. I've never had any contact with any malevolent beings or or even just mischievous beings.
0: Okay. Does that answer your question, Kathy?
3: Yes, but uh, he also... uh, So the main thing was how we knew them. So how does he avoid the malevolent beings? It's why I was asking. So I doesn't know who is good, who is bad. How How do
0: you know who's good or bad, and how do you know who to trust? Daniel. Well, this is a
2: good. This is a good question to uh, to pose about ETs in general, not just channeling them. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, if you go on the internet, you'll have some people say all ETs are good, and then you will have other people say all ETs are bad. And of course, if you look around at our your fellow humans you know, what would you say about humanity? Is humanity good or is humanity bad? Um, <laughs> you can't really say that any one group of ETs even is all good or all bad. Some people would say, well, all reptilians are bad and that's just how it is. Um, but it, we're all evolving here. You know, we're all doing the best that we can. We've been in this realm now of where we're just we've just been trying to survive on earth for so many thousands of years and now we're getting to the point where uh, most of us feel comfortable about being able to live and have food and uh, Mm -hmm. clothes and all that stuff and we can work a bit more on our spirituality
0: so essentially you're not seeing a good or a bad
2: I, I don't I think there are definitely ets where if you if you met them because they're from a higher let's say they're from a higher dimensional plane they're not going to there's not going to be any of those ets that would have a negative agenda mm. but ets that are on our dimensional plane which is the fourth dimension you know you might run into some that are that are very well-meaning that only want to help, just like when you meet a human, you know, like Mother Teresa, that's all she wanted to do is help.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then there are humans like Joseph Stalin and Adolf Hitler and, you know, people like that too. So
0: yeah.
2: Um, with ETs, you always want to use your own discernment. You always want to feel it out. Of course, you don't want to go into an ET encounter with a whole lot of fear in you. Um, so if you have fear of ETs, it's a good thing for you to work through that fear. And that's one of the things I do with people in sessions too, is I, I help them to work through their negative emotional states. Okay, so, so that makes so, a
0: difference when, yeah. when channeling. So does that answer your question then, Kathy? Yeah, can I ask one
3: more question? <laughs> one more. Oh, thank you, yeah, so my question now is this, so you mentioned them as creators, and like so, uh, and they mix their DNA with ours. So my question is, what is the real purpose for humans on this planet? So the
0: fact that uh, the, uh, they mix uh, their DNA, what's the purpose of okay. humans
2: okay. well I, yeah. I i got it. I heard it all okay. um so so first of all, I know that I've talked a lot about a lot of different things here. And I just want to be clear that the creators are not extraterrestrials that are messing with our DNA. These are beings that create in the same way that you have the difference between the the person who is the architect or the designer of the home. And then you have the person who's down there ham- hammering the nails and they're not the same person. Mm-hmm. So the creators are universal architects. Okay. And then there are, ETs that exist in lower dimensions which would be three through seven where you can have a physical body because in a 12th dimension you you can't have a physical body it's just not possible and so those beings have manipulated DNA and that they've helped some have helped and some have hurt really depends again on the on the ETs and I know that 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 doesn't give people a clear idea of, well, should we trust these ETs or should we not trust them? Mm-hmm. But the, the grand purpose of everything is to evolve and become more of ourselves and ultimately to know ourselves as unconditional love and operate from the fact that we are unconditional love. So to infuse love into all of our words and actions and dealings with other people and all of our intentions as well Mm -hmm. and when we do that we become more of our true selves as source energy beings
0: all right okay okay kathy yeah thank you so much thanks for calling in thank you (laughs) so um i want to ask you then you you do believe that everybody can channel
2: I do believe that everyone can channel, yes, and I do believe that it's inevitable that we are all going to start making more connections and access more abilities, Yeah, and I do believe that we're all going to ascend, and I do believe that we're all going to be a part of a galactic community someday where we'll have open uh, contact with extraterrestrial beings.
0: Okay. And so, your main point though, of why you think you channel the creators, what what do you think is the message?
2: Well, the the creators are are teachers. So they're here to empower us. They're here to to help us understand ourselves and how reality works, how the universe works, and basically to give us all the tools and all the keys that we need to create the realities that we want to experience. And I would say that that's their main agenda as our spiritual teachers up there in the 12th dimension.
0: Okay, and then when you were first channeling and you said that you were diving deeper into meditation, then do you believe that there's a correlation with deepening our understanding of ourselves in order to deepen that relationship with other beings?
2: Well, there's there's understanding yourself on an intellectual level, and then there's understanding yourself on a feeling based level. So fortunately for me, my agenda early on was just to feel what I felt that night. Again, you know, I just wanted to feel more of the truth of who I am as a being of love and feel that flowing through me. And when that becomes your main agenda or your top priority and knowing yourself, you're going to have a much better time than if it's about, well, I need to know all my lifetimes. I need to know who mm. I've been in all these other stars. And we're talking about for most of us, I'd say over 20,000 lifetimes in this galaxy, mm. in all the different star systems, all the different dimensions put together. It's, it's nearly impossible. Yeah.
0: That's a and lot. it's,
2: and it's why you, you are born with that, blank slate of not knowing because if you knew you'd just be overwhelmed it would be too much information too distracting you wouldn't be living your life as it is now because you'd be so focused on how great life was in the seventh dimension in the Pleiadian star system
0: okay well great you know well I hate to interrupt you again but we're gonna have to take a quick break so everyone stick around for more love from the hip hey
4: everyone I'm Haley And I'm Megan, and we host Sage Sisters Podcast. We're former sorority bitches who have turned into wellness witches. Behind us are the days of college parties, Seattle bar hopping, and random happy hours. Now we're seeking the secrets of true wellness and self-care. Every Friday, we release new episodes chronicling our exploration of alternative energy healing modalities, spiritual wellness, and intuitive development. You can find us by searching Sage Sisters wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can download and subscribe to our episodes on iTunes and Spotify. We've both found incredible healing through multiple forms of energy work and want to spread the love. So look up Sage Sisters podcast and join in on your own spiritual wellness exploration. Download and subscribe to Sage Sisters podcast. And if you like, throw us a rating and review on iTunes. And don't forget, go sage yourself. Peach Buzz is great
5: What a concept. Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Want a more youthful figure no matter what age? Find answers at Madsen Medical Spa. Allow doctors Aaron and Paul to help you eliminate your frustration with weight management. Say no-no to yo-yo diets and exhausting exercise grinds. Madsen Medical Spa will do the heavy lifting for you and coach you all the way through to your ideal weight. We offer the latest and greatest in body sculpting and body contouring lasers and devices, high-quality nutritional supplements and meal replacements, as well as mindful practices. We will treat the inside to treat the outside, and it's all per Personally tailored for you. Men and women, drop inches, not just pounds, and see a healthy, beautiful you. Consultations are free, results are priceless. Log on to MadsenMedSpa.com. That's M A D S E N MedSpa.com. Or call 425 656 8008. That's 425 656 8008. Get the shape you want this summer. Become a healthier, more beautiful you.
1: Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com.
0: Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast on podcast one, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP. Today I have the pleasure of having verbal channel, spiritual teacher, and sound healer, Daniel Scranton on my show. So, Daniel, before the break, you were talking about how a lot of us may not remember and we're kind of born into this life with a blank slate because it would be too overwhelming. Now, it's said that starseeds who don't remember can actually have an activation or like their switch can be activated, if you will.
2: Lots of things can activate a person. I mean, a person can see a movie. Obviously, a movie like Avatar had that effect on a lot of people. Um, People can get activated by hearing a light language for the first time or by having an experience, a very personal experience like I had in the middle of the night. So, yeah, there's lots of different ways for people to remember that they're more than just the human being that they see in the mirror. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. And so what are some steps then you recommend for someone to take to start to channel?
2: Well, really when it comes to channeling, you want to be focused on raising your vibration, which essentially means feeling as good in your physical body as you can possibly feel. So for some people, obviously, um, people turn to drugs a lot for that. (laughs) And that's not something I recommend. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not anti doing that. Um, It's not something I do myself. Uh, I don't, you don't need it uh, I don't do drugs of any kind no i i um I, I like being able to tune in myself and and then I, I don't have to worry about the dosages and things like mm-hmm. that you know so sure. but go- going back to feeling good you obviously there are many different ways for me just being in the forest is a good place to be if I want to Channel if I want to tune into the highest frequency, you know, go for a long hike and find a spot under a tree or by a stream. Um, and if people can't do that, you know, you can set up like a little sanctuary in your home where you've got all your crystals and your candles and your incense. But essentially, I would say don't make your desire to channel about wanting to get information. Because then you'll be really in your head about it. Okay. But if instead you you think of it in terms of, I want to feel high frequency energy moving through my body. I want to connect. I want to feel that my guides are with me and around me. And then you just relax. It's really about relaxing and letting it happen as opposed to trying to make something happen.
0: And you recommend sitting in a form of meditation?
2: Yes, it's a, you know, you can meditate for a lot of different reasons. Um, I always used to meditate just to feel better in my body because I was always tired. It was one of my ascension symptoms to be chronically tired. Mm-hmm. So I would be meditating all the time just to get my energy up. Oh, I don't have a cough button. Hold on. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> my, my cat is shedding right next to me. <laughs> no. um, So, you know, you can raise your vibration and make yourself feel good and then not try to make something happen, but to just be open to something happening. And if you stay in that state of unattached, but also positively expecting to connect with high frequency beings, then that certainly will be your experience. And that's another thing I wanted to say because I, I said so much about the ETs and I want to make sure people know. If you're working on yourself, if you're more interested in, you know, clearing your own stuff and dealing with your own issues and you make that a priority in your life, then you're holding a higher vibration. when you're holding a higher vibration, you're not available to those lower frequency entities and extraterrestrials. Mm. They, they sort of feed off of fear. Right. And you become a vibrational match. You know, you're always creating your reality. So you become a vibrational match to um, a lower frequency being if you're in your own lower frequency. So the best thing that you can do if you find yourself in fear is make sure you're addressing it, make sure you're you're talking to someone about it, you're getting help, you're releasing it by acknowledging it and embracing it and not trying to run away from it all the time. Right. And then you won't create those types of experiences. So put yourself in a higher vibrational state and you'll have higher vibrational wanted experiences with these ETs.
0: So do these beings have to ask your permission to come in?
2: No, they didn't ask for mine.
0: (laughs) Okay. And what are some of the things that people might hear
2: when you're first starting to channel? Oh, oh. um, So, like I said, the first thing I ever spoke was, We are here for you. Okay. Um, And when I teach, because I do teach people how to channel as well, when I teach other people channeling, I often will hear the beings that they bring through say something that sounds very similar to that. Okay. In other words, they're going to probably announce their presence and let you know that they're there to help and to be of service. And, you know, they're they're going to be these benevolent, wise uh, teacher types. They're not going to be telling you what to do. Okay. They're not going to say you should do this and you shouldn't do that. You know, they're not your mother.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> but it is something that you have to work at, right? It's a practice.
2: I do, think, I do think that consistent practice, that's one thing that um, I can say that I've been, which mm-hmm. has helped me immensely in my life, is I've been consistent with my meditation practice, consistent with my channeling. As soon as I knew I could do it, I wanted to do it every day.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, um, can you share with my listeners, you said you teach classes. Where can they find out all
2: this information on you? Well, I have a website and it's danielscranton.com. And Scranton is just like the city in Pennsylvania featured in the The office. office. (laughs) The best show ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got thousands of YouTube videos out there um, on my Daniel Scranton YouTube page. So if you just go to the YouTube uh, channel, with my name on it. Um, Other people repost my stuff on YouTube as well. So you might find one of my videos on someone else's YouTube channel. But if you want to be on my channel, you'll see my name, Daniel Scranton, and my picture, um, smiling, laughing, um, (laughs) picture of me on the YouTube channel. So
0: now are these videos both of you channeling and you assisting others in channeling?
2: No, it's all me channeling for the past uh, almost, I think, six and a half years i've been posting uh daily transmissions on there and lately i've been doing it on camera for like the past three or four months so a lot of them are audio only but the the recent ones you can actually watch me do it
0: okay all right well that's great well well thanks again for being here on my show today you're welcome yeah and thank you eric my rad producer and thank you to the listener And you can find me at lovefromthehip.com or sakuraskinandmind.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or on Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, as well as my podcast on Podcast One, Love From The Hip, and that's H-Y-P. And if you really love the show and are interested in running an ad for your own business, or you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love From The Hip, and make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya.